0: Welcome to Watchman on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, we have an important update from Pakistan on the mission outreach currently going on there. But first, we'll continue our brand new teaching series entitled, Why Explore Bible Prophecy with our teacher, Steve Butler. We began this new series last week with the hope that these teachings will encourage you to dig deeper into the scriptures and see for yourself the prophecies that are there to be discovered. So grab your Bible and let's join Steve Butler as we continue our look at why you and I should explore Bible prophecy.
1: In our last program, we started our series entitled, Why Explore Bible Prophecy? And we uh, started in point number one, and we got through the first two of uh, four sets of verses that I wanted to bring to your attention, uh, dealing with the point uh, in number one, and it says about one-third of the Bible is prophecy. If we neglect prophecy... You neglect a major portion of God's word to mankind, and if you were with us in yesterday's program, you remember that uh, we had a visualization where we put our hand in the uh, the Bible. The uh, obviously you'd have to have a hard copy of the Bible to do this uh, for the visualization, but we found the Book of Daniel in the Old Testament, the Book of Daniel, which is the last of the Uh, major writings, and then right after that, starting with Hosea, you have the minor prophets that take us all the way to the end of the Old Testament, ending up with Malachi. We put our hand at Daniel, and then we put our other hand, our right hand, uh, at the end of Revelation, so that'd be Revelation chapter 22, and we took a visual look at that to realize that that is approximately 30% of the Bible, 30% of the Bible. And that represents prophecy, either prophecy that has been fulfilled in the past or prophecy that has yet to be fulfilled. And to uh, ignore the study uh, of prophecy means that you would have to ignore 30% of the Bible. And I don't want to uh, stand before Jesus at the Bema Seat Judgment, and of course that's the judgment following the rapture where we will not be judged for our sin, but we will be judged for what we did on this earth with the gifts that we received from the Holy Spirit uh, to be about the Lord's work, what we did with that. And I don't want to explain to him why I had no interest in Bible prophecy. <laughs> so I hope you will uh, agree with me in that regard. So let's pick up where we were uh, in our last program, and that's at point number one. And uh, as I said, we visually looked at uh, what how much of the Bible would be neglected if you are not uh, studying Bible prophecy. And then we went through uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, and then we went to Isaiah 46. You recall in 2 Peter chapter 1 that uh, Peter is saying because of his experience that he had along with James and John, three, the two of the 12 apostles were with Peter there when Jesus was transfigured Uh, Before them uh, to show, give them a, a picture of what he would look like in his kingdom, in his glorified body, his eternal body. And he had standing with him Moses and Elijah, two of the most revered figures in Old Testament history, revered particularly by the Israelites. And of course, we have to remember this is all about Israel here because everybody present on the Mount of Transfiguration were Israelites. And the Israelites had come over a period of centuries to a point where they were really idolizing, if you will, almost worshiping who Moses was and Elijah as uh, the bringer of the law and a key prophet among the Old Testament saints. And the, a key point of having the Mount of Transfiguration come to pass And having key apostles witnesses, both visually and audibly, uh, was so that uh, we would have confidence that what God had said throughout the Old Testament in terms of prophecy is true, because Peter said, now that I have seen it with my own eyes, now that I have heard God speak audibly, saying, this is my son, referring to Jesus, obviously, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him, and this is something that God said all the way back at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, as you might recall, uh, when he was baptized in the Jordan by John the Baptist. There, God was making the distinction between John the Baptist and Jesus, that John was the forerunner, the messenger prophesied in the Old Testament that would come before uh, Jesus would arrive and to announce his arrival and tell the people who he was and why he was there. But it was to distinguish between John the Baptist and Jesus so that they would not follow John, but they would follow Jesus, God's only son, his chosen son, in whom he's well-pleased. And he says, listen to him. And, of course, that's a reference almost verbatim back to Deuteronomy chapter 18, which was written 1,400 years before Jesus walked the earth. So, just amazing prophecies. And then in Isaiah 46, one of the great um, statements in all of the Bible by God saying, I want you to tell, I tell you the end of all things. So, that's all inclusive, all of history, all of the future. I tell you the end of all things from the beginning. And then he makes a key point about how he will see that it is complete. As a matter of fact, just to make sure that I don't misstate that. Let me go specifically there and read that very quickly by way of review because to me it's it's so important that we understand this. Verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things which have not been done, saying, my purpose will be established and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. And then in verse 11, At the end end of verse 11, it says, truly I have spoken, truly I will bring it to pass. I have planned it, surely I will do it. So there in those very short few verses in Isaiah 46, the creator God of the universe is telling all of us, all of us that take the time to read it, and particularly those who know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, he is saying that I have planned out everything from creation to eternity, from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. I have planned it all out, and I want you to know it. I want you to have confidence that I am going to bring it about. So now what I'd like to do today is to go to the next verse in point number one, and it's another one of those amazing, it's just one verse, but it is so packed with truth, and it's so packed with information that should give you uh, confidence and comfort in God's prophetic words. Let's go to Amos chapter 3. Now, Amos is one of the minor prophets, and they call them the minor prophets simply because they're relatively speaking in size smaller than most of the other books, such as Daniel and Ezekiel and Isaiah and so forth. In fact, Jeremiah Uh, One of the prophets that was sent uh, to the Babylonians, or excuse me, sent to the Israelites during the Babylonian captivity is actually, by word count, the longest book in the Bible. And then we come to Amos, which is um, one of the shorter books in the Bible. So if you find Ezekiel in your Old Testament, and then Daniel, and then right after Daniel, go into the right, you'll find Hosea, you'll find Hosea, and then the next one, is um, Joel, very short book, but boy, talk about packed with prophecy. We will be visiting Joel a lot. And then finally, Amos, the next book. And we want to go to Amos chapter 3, and we want to go to verse 7. Listen to this, how, how full of good information this is. Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret counsel to his servants, the prophets. Let me read that one more time. Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret counsel to his servants, the prophets. It should be obvious what he's saying here, that he, God hides nothing. But what he wants us to know, which is everything about his plans, He reveals it to his prophets. Now, who were the prophets? These were the men that God sent to be messengers to the people before the Bible was written out. So they were the ones that were bringing God's truth uh, primarily in the Old Testament and also in the first century of the New Testament before the Bible, all 66 books were completed. So he wanted the people to know what his plans were and he revealed them to the prophets. Now today, we don't have prophets today in the sense of people who tell the future. The prophets today are forth tellers of what's already been given to us. So they have been gifted by the Holy Spirit, these prophets of today have, have been gifted by the Holy Spirit to explain God's plans in a way that, that encourages us, strengthens us, Uh, educates us, and trains us in God's word. And so therefore, uh, another way to say Amos chapter uh, three, verse seven is, surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret counsel through his completed word, the Bible. So this, I don't know about you, but that, that verse just excites me. It's one of those things that's burned in my memory if you will uh, with recall it's same thing as Isaiah 46 because in those few short verses in those two books we have God's the greatest expression of God's love for us that I have created you I've created a world to put you in and I want nothing more than to have a relationship with you through my son Jesus Christ and if you will, Uh, accept that relationship, if you will accept my son as your Lord and Savior, I want you to know my secret counsel. The world doesn't understand it. And you can certainly understand with all the crazy uh, forecasts and prognostications about what the world is going to look like and what's going to happen in the future. These are people who do not know the secret counsel of God. But to us who know him through his son, they're not a secret. He has laid them all out, and that's what we want to try and uncover uh, piece by piece through a methodical process of studying his word so that we can have that peace and that joy that only comes through him uh, about knowing the future. All right, so that's Amos chapter 3, verse 7. Okay, so let's go to the very end of our Bible. We were in Amos, towards the end of the Old Testament, so we get into the New and run all the way to the end, and we want to go to the last, <laughs> the last chapter of the last book. The last chapter of the last book. In um, Revelation chapter 22, verse 10, and he said to me, so this is the um, Spirit talking to John the Revelator, John who wrote the Gospel of John, the same John who wrote John 1, 2 and 3 is also the one who wrote Revelation. So after Paul, he's the most prolific writer of the New Testament. And in verse uh, 10 of chapter 22 of Revelation, he said he said, "And he said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near." So what he's basically saying is, do not seal up, do not hide, do not conceal what I have given you, John, uh, about things to come. And that's basically what Revelation is about, things yet to come. Do not seal them up because it's prophecy and it is the word of God and I have given it for the edification of the people who are living on the earth Uh, particularly to those who are my children that have uh, come to me through the blood of Jesus Christ and believe in him as my son and their Lord and Savior. So do not seal this up. Make it available, because if we ignore it, we ignore a third of God's word to us, and it's a portion of God's word that has been given to us to comfort us and to encourage us as we see the the time drawing near, because things are getting worse and worse on the earth. But in terms of God's plan, this is all coming together if we see it from his perspective. All right, look at number two. The scriptures cannot be correctly understood, or as the King James Version of the Bible says, rightly divided, if the prophetic sections are ignored. So these prophetic sections make up about 30% of the Bible. So if we ignore them, we can't correctly understand, really, the flow of the Bible. So let's look at um, 2 Timothy chapter 2. So if we're in Revelation, where we just finished up in point number one, and go back to the left... Uh, you'll find the big book of Hebrews and then Philemon, and then you'll get to Timothy. You'll get to Timothy. If you've gone to Thessalonians, you've gone just a little too far. So back up in Second uh, Timothy chapter two and look at verse 15. It says, "Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed. Accurately handling the word of truth. So, accurately handling the word of truth, the uh, King James Version says, rightly dividing the truth. And you may ask yourself, why does it say rightly dividing? Why does truth need to be divided? Well, we want to get into that in our um, next program. Remember, if we don't talk again, I'll be seeing you in the air.
0: We have much more to discover in this teaching series with Steve Butler. Stay tuned for the next lesson. Expand your learning and understanding with the books, Will the Church Go Through the Tribulation, which includes chapters by Noah Hutchings, Larry Spargimino, Kenneth Hill, Doug Stoffer, and the teacher of our new series, Steve Butler. What's Next by Dr. Kenneth Hill and the book, Prayers of the Ancients, also by Dr. Hill. All three of these excellent books are available when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order this collection online, swrc.com. Thanks to the generosity of many of you, there is a powerful mission outreach happening in the country of Pakistan. Our host, Dr. Larry Sparjamino, recently got an update on what is happening there.
2: Education for underprivileged boys and girls in Pakistan, and also learning about the Lord Jesus Christ, is so critically important for these wonderful young people. Pastor Victor Samuel is on the phone. He is the pastor of Grace Bible Church and also the administrator of Grace Charity School in Tobitek Singh, Pakistan. He's going to speak to us about the needs of the school, and also share with us what God has been doing at Grace Charity School. Friends, we know that financially these have been very, very hard times for every one of our listeners, but I want to let you know about the needs of the school and why we believe in Christian education for the students. Pastor Victor, thank you so much for being with us.
3: Well, thank you so much for taking me in, and thank you everybody for having a time to listen us, and I want to thank you all for your all generosity and for your heart to give for this great mission in Pakistan.
2: We have some new listeners who may not be familiar with you. Tell us in a minute or so how you came to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior.
3: I had the opportunity to grow up in a Christian home. My father has been very faithful and active members of local church. And my grandfather was a man of God who had led many people to Christ. There was only one Catholic missionary school for the formal education when I was young. So I had to go there for my basic education. As a young person, I was privileged to grow up under the ministry and influence of Pastor Sheraz and my grandfather, who was a really a man of God. Mm-hmm. And like my pastor, my life is dedicated to the same longevity of faithfulness and loyalty to the new church I established just a few years ago, Grace Bible Church of Pakistan, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. held its first service on September 10th, 2008. And I started the church with my family, believing it was God's will for a new Amen. gospel, Amen. preaching church to establish in Tobodixing. And Tobodixing is my hometown. I trusted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, on May 9, 2002. Mm. I will never forget that day when I got saved or baptized. I placed my faith in Jesus alone to receive forgiveness of sins and to become a part of God's family.
2: Amen. That's so wonderful. Now, the children who go to Grace Charity School are certainly privileged. They get the best education in the best educational facility. So how do you find students to attend Grace Charity School?
3: As you have been here in Pakistan, the situation here the children uh, suffers and, at the Bricklands. Uh, we mostly get the children from the Bricklands, remote villages. And we believe every child deserves access to education and an early start at building a brighter future. Yes. Pastor Larry, I would like to tell everybody a little bit about the students. So just imagine a four-year-old girl living in a remote village. In Pakistan, the closest school is over four kilometers away. Wow. Uh, most of the children in our school comes from uh, far away, like uh, four or five or six kilometers. So just imagine this, that through a uh, difficult uh, train, and uh, neither of our parents who are subsistence farmers or are work at the, the Brooklyn factories can afford to take time off work to accompany her on the daily journey, which is a two-hour walk in each direction and one too difficult for such a young child to make one. So by not attending school, this child's life will repeat the same cycle as her parents, simply working to survive. With your help, there's a hope. So when people like you donate, children have access to early childhood education. Cycles of poverty interrupted, and young children in in Pakistan can access the education they deserve from the start. Right. So this is just amazing that you guys cannot imagine that how your help has been blessing and saving these children. You know, we have this school for more than 10 years now, and yes. this is only because of your generosity for your help and for, for your support.
2: Right. So right.
3: may God bless you, and God is watching over this all, and uh, he is a witness of your giving, and he will never forget your sacrificial giving.
2: Yes, we certainly want to thank those who have been helping in the past, and as I indicated before, this has been a very, very difficult year because of the financial situation in America. We are really appealing to our listeners. This is a great work. These kids are very, very poor, They come to the school, they get the best education that is possible. In fact, they recently were approved by the BISE. Graduates from our school are well trained that they can go to colleges and universities in Pakistan. In fact, Pastor Victor, tell us about that. That was so exciting. That really shows your teachers. Your computer lab, your science lab meets the highest standards. That's so wonderful. Share with that a little bit.
3: Yes, uh, I praise the Lord that with the support of Southwest and all the donors that we've been able to well equip the science lab and the computer lab and the library at the school. We recently got these old things because now we have the higher classes in our school, which is the 9th and 8th, 10th grade And by the grace of God, today we got the certificate from the Education Department, the Board of Intermediate and Secondary Education Department Mm -hmm. in Pakistan. So that means that we are now affiliated with the Education Department and the government of Pakistan. Mm -hmm. Now we have these classes in our school. Now the children, after getting their ninth and 10th grade education from our school, And the computer education and the science education and the formal education, you know, they will be able to get the admissions in the colleges with no problem.
2: Yes. Well, friends, you've heard the wonderful, wonderful work. There are 387 boys and girls. They range from 4 to 16 years of age. They learn reading, writing. They learn Urdu, their language, and also English, and they learn about the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to just, I'm really begging you, because we have, uh, like I say, a great number of students. We need your help, but this is a great work. I've known Pastor Victor since 2009. He's a godly man. He has a lovely wife, Sophia. They both love the Lord. The family loves the Lord. So this is something that I can endorse with all my heart. I've been there a couple of times. And I know that the work is progressing, but pray, please pray, to see what the Lord would have you to do to help this mighty and this wonderful work. Pastor Victor, thank you so much for being with us.
3: Well, thank you so much for taking me in. Like I said, that we are really grateful for your support and for your love. The one thing that I must tell you guys, that in our school, our subjects are science, English, Urdu, our national language. Yeah the mathematics and all, but the most important subject we have in our school is the Bible teaching. Mm. In these classes, we teach our children how they can defend their faith and how to study the Bible as in-depth, to look at the tools, methods, and strategies used to rightly understand and break down the Word of God so that it is plain, simple, and clear. So this is yes. our gold for them to learn about the Word of God as well in the school. So just want to tell you that you guys are making a big impact in, in these little boys and girls' lives, and God is witness of your giving. He will never forget what Amen. you have been doing and what have you been giving out.
2: Amen. Well, friends, if you'd like to talk to me personally about the work in Pakistan, one eight hundred six five two eleven forty four. 652 1144 just ask for Pastor Larry or send me an email Larry at swrc.com. Thank you so much Pastor Victor and God bless you and Sophie in the school
3: thank you so much too and God bless you as
2: well
0: Will the church go through the tribulation a book which includes chapters by Larry Spargimino, Noah Hutchings, Doug Stoffer, Kenneth Hill, and the teacher of our brand new weekly series, Steve Butler. The book What's Next by Dr. Kenneth Hill and the book Prayers of the Ancients, also by Dr. Hill. All three of these excellent books are available today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Order this collection online, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. If you're new to the program, be sure to request our free new listener pack. The new listener pack officially welcomes you to the family, gives you some history on the ministry, and it includes a free gift just for you. Request your new listener pack when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Tomorrow on Watchmen on the Wall, Michael Samuel Smith will begin a brand new series looking at God by the numbers. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station by downloading our SWRC mobile app or by subscribing to our daily Watchmen on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners just like you. Please visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com.